Lucas Tigers and Bronze is brought to you by Hybrid Grading Approach. HGA is revolutionizing the industry by implementing software that will allow them to scan, analyze, and grade cards without subjectivity. This allows for consistent and unbiased grading. They have an easy submission process and best-in-class customer service. Their pricing model is simple. Pay by the day, not by the value of the card. And when they say 10 business days, they mean 10 business days. Luca Nation, what's going on, ladies and gentlemen? We got your fractional episode. I got to tell you, Cage, the longer I do, we do this, the longer I do this, it's incredible how we get to um, week to week so much changes, right? With sports, it, it, it's it's so cool because sure, there's the vintage guys who, you know, they're not really moving a ton. There's not a lot of, you know, news coming out. Then you have football season, baseball seasons heading into World Series, football week seven. It's getting exciting. NBA's back, hockey, and week to week, you don't even know what to expect. And what's interesting, I mean, heading into the season, the narrative, you know, was Herbert Mahomes. You know, is Mahomes going to win another championship? Bucks versus the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. And here we are seven weeks in, and it's not even close to that anymore. It's not Bucks versus Chiefs. It's, is Mahomes going to make the playoffs? What's happening with Mahomes? Is he injured? What's going to happen to his cards? And if you look at one guy on fractional, Mahomes has, I mean, he has the, the bronze stars IPOing. He uh-huh. has the national treasures. He has the Panini Immaculate. You said it last week. He's got more stuff on there than anybody else. He's like, you know, he's made for fractional, right? You know, so we never run out of stuff to talk about. There's always stuff. And we're going to talk today. We'll start with Mahomes. We'll talk about last night's auctions, PWCC and Golden, and how that's going to affect the market. And then we'll look at the week in advance. So I didn't mean to cut you off there, but it's oh, sometimes it. it blows my mind. We got so much to talk about, man. Listen, I mean, one of the cool things about the space is that there, you know, there are always sales going on, right? Um, and what we're going to try to do today, um, obviously, let's talk about let's talk about vintage versus modern let's talk about prospecting versus blue chips let's talk about you know the auction results and how that impacts both positive and negative um and then go a little deeper than the the headlines right we like to do that right we talked about that once with our uh can i jump in yeah, quick and i know i cut you off a little bit cage but sometimes i you know i, I just want to ask prospecting to blue chips also changes week to week because if, you, if before the season if someone asked you who's the blue chip play in football, you would have said Mahomes and Brady. I don't know about but, Mahomes yet. He's only been in the league for a, a couple of years. I mean, blue chip is, I think, something that's a little more a little more settled. But, yeah, he was getting there. We had this conversation. He was very close. He was very close. You were never a believer. You were never a believer, and you got a lot of hate mail. People were saying, hey, Cage, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, Mahomes, is, why, why don't you like yeah, him? Mahomes is as close to a blue chip as you can get. He's guaranteed, but blah, 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 the whole nine yards. Yeah, I mean – Look, Mahomes is an interesting test case, but take it a different way, right? Okay. People are paying as much right now for Herbert as they are for Mahomes. So what do you think about that? Where, where my mind went was the Luca logo man that sold for four point whatever, four point four million dollars, right? That's that's a big sale. Yep. And we look at these guys and we admire them, but they have not been stress tested, right? That's true. And I think that's what we're gonna see is 
you come into the league, you hit the ground running, you have nothing but success. Luca, Mahomes, and Herbert all fit that category, right? Mm-hmm. Lamar doesn't. Lamar had success early, then he took a step back, and now he regained success. So with Herbert, well, what you're saying is there could be ripple effects from you know Mahomes' performance to Herbert investors. You know, maybe people aren't going to start spending record amounts on somebody who is the next best thing when they saw the current best thing is uncertainty the right word because people still are going to believe in his talent he's still an incredible talent but you look at him and do you want to hold him for 12 months do you want to hold Mahomes for 24 months where maybe that money is better deployed elsewhere same thing with Herbert are you willing to shell out 500,000 100,000 you know one million dollars for his cards when you can invest in, you know, Wilt Chamberlain, Michael Jordan, and, and more proven assets. It's, um, I think, well, listen, it's all about storytelling, right? It's all about storytelling, right? It's, it's. Think about this for a sec, and let's 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 just go out there, right? Let's go out on a limb. What has Mahomes done? He's won a right? Super Bowl. He won a Super Bowl. Did he win an MVP? Yep. Super Bowl MVP, right? He's been to multiple Super Bowls, right? And he won an MVP. Right? Flashy. So got a name. You know, he's got a lot of cards. He's, you know, they got put the hobby on his back. He's, you know, really, really great. You know, let me throw something out there, right? I've been talking for the last couple of weeks on our collectible shows about how Mahomes may become a dip buy, right? He may become somebody who people overreact to, right? And I don't know whether or not he turns around this season. I have no idea. Maybe there's something wrong. Maybe he's injured. We don't find out about it. Who knows? He definitely took a hit today, which did not look good. And, uh, but let me ask you, because you know this, how many times has Tom Brady won the Super Bowl? Six Super Bowls? Seven. And he's also won the MVP five times. So let me, let me take you guys back to after he won the, um, six. Yeah, I'm just kidding. I know he's got six. So, so. Well, it's hard to keep track, age, like. So 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 Brady won the Super Bowl 02, 04, 05, 15, 17, 19, 21. Right? Is that seven? Seven, you're right. I think it's seven. So um so listen, we're not trying to test you. There's a point to this, right? Well, this he is won- not on me. I'm sharing my screen right now so people don't think I'm crazy. This is Google. This is Google. Oh, so how many Super Bowl wins does he have? You tell here it says me. seven, but here it says six. I'm going to go with this one. It's seven. Well, I think it's 02, 04, 05, 15, 17, 19, 20, 21, I think. And he won the MVP pots. But here's why I say this, right? Go to the end of the 05 season, right? Because he won in 02, 04, and 05, right? All right? So he won three times. He also won 02 and 04 MVP, right? And he's playing in six, seven. He's awesome, but he's not Tom Brady yet, right? He's on his way to being Joe Montana, Right? He's on his way to being better than Joe Montana. Right? And people are investing in him and people love him. And he kind of came out of nowhere. And he's even got a better story than Mahomes because he was draft pick number 199. Right? So whether he won six, seven, eight Super Bowls, not the point. That After the week one of 2008, do you know what happened to him? Got injured, missed the whole season, 2008. Yep. Castle took over the whole nine yards. Yep. Right? There were people who dumped their Brady cards. There were people who said, all right. Obviously, he's a system QB. Obviously, he's not going to be anything great. Look what Belichick is doing with 
This team with Matt Castle, who's a nobody, took him to the playoffs. He's just as good. You heard a lot of that crap. You did. And obviously, Tom Brady came back and won the MVP several times after that and won the Super Bowl several times after that, including Super Bowl that he just won in 2021, this last one. And I'm not saying that's going to happen. I've never thought that Mahomes was Tom Brady. Right? I've never thought he was going to live up to that. I never thought he was going to be that. Um, but he started off really well. right? And we talk about this all the time, momentum, momentum and cards. right? And that Mahomes has basically just been this. There's been nothing at all yet to stop him. right? Lamar started a little like this. And then maybe mm-hmm. Lamar a little, little back up. You know? It depends on what he does now. What is really telling or what will be telling is what happens now. Right, people who have their money in it are they all going to run for the door, and there's going to be a humongous sell-off on Mahomes, and does that become a buying opportunity for people who are really, you know, thinking that Mahomes is going to be the next Brady and he's going to turn it on? Maybe not this year, maybe next year, maybe you know, still a long career ahead of him. So I bring that up not so that we can have a trivia about you know about Tom Brady, not so that we can do the whole nine yards. It's more just that um, that. There was a time, injury, which is different. We don't know whether Mahomes is having an injury now that they're just not telling us about. But there was a time where Brady was out before he was Tom Brady, right? He had won MVPs, he had won Super Bowls, but he had done less than half of what his career achievements were going to be, right? And, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of fun, man, a lot of fun. I mean, a lot of Super Bowls that came after that injury season. When would and- you buy Let's well, it depends, right? It, it depends. So, I mean, people might – it's hard to catch that falling knife, right? We talk about that all the time, right? right? But um, really, I think that for him to become a buy, it's got to almost be like the season becomes a lost season. He doesn't make the playoffs. You know, it's got to become something where, you know, people are really looking to cut bait on him. Um, because even now, I mean, if you look at, look at you know, what's happened for just on, on collectible – He's been going down every week this season. You know, every week all of the cards on there go down percentage points, and it continued this past week. Um, but I think that you're probably going to see a, a, an even bigger fall this week. I mean, this was a bad loss. It was a bad beat. Um, I was a little surprised he was still in the game. I mean, I guess it was still, you know, in question. Nine minutes left, down potentially three scores and, and, and three two-point conversions. But you saw he took that hit, you know. I mean, interesting, interesting, you know. I personally am not a buyer on Mahomes yet. His his prices would still have to come down significantly for me to be a buyer on him. But I'm not somebody who thinks that Mahomes is going to be Brady. I think everything broke right for him in the very beginning. I think he joined a very good situation. I think he's very very good. He's a great athlete. Um, but I think know. what happens when we see something like this because it's it's not to beat up on Mahomes, right? Mm-hmm. We use these things as case studies, right? As what happens when the hobby darling falls out of favor because of their performance, right? That's the question. Yep. And I think what happens is the whole risk to reward threshold changes, right? It's not that their accomplishments are no longer valid. It's that, wait a, wait a second, this guy isn't bulletproof. And then you have to start asking yourself, you know, if I could put X amount of dollars into Mahomes at this price, what else can I buy? 
And you see, I mean, some Mahomes cards were selling higher for our, than the Mickey Mantle PSA, for yep. example. And okay, great. Mahomes has so much upside. And when he's on that rocket ship, people don't consider the downside. When you see these chinks in the armor, now the entire equation changes. Now you start thinking, huh, Mahomes has upside, but so does the mantle. Mahomes has so much downside, but the mantle doesn't. Right? You start to compare. It's only natural to do that. So should we get into some of the some of the auctions that ended last night? Sure. I mean, just to put a bow on Mahomes, right? I sure. think the reason why his cards were so expensive was because people looked at it and said he's already won the MVP and he's already on the Super Bowl. And here we are another season, and maybe he wins another MVP. Maybe he wins another Super Bowl. And I think people are writing both of those off right now. And looking at the crop of talent coming in and the teams around them getting better and where people were coming into this year or last year saying, okay, Mahomes, pencil him in for four or five MVPs and four or five Super Bowls. It's not that simple. And when you see it start to unfold the way that it is now with losing record um, and other teams gaining ground and other players becoming, you know, um, you know, favored in the hobby. And quarterbacks doing, you know, doing what Mahomes was doing and kind of, you know, closing the gap between him and them, whether it be Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray, I mean, whoever else is out there, Lamar Jackson. Um, you know, I still happen to think Mahomes is probably the most talented out of all of them. But um, it's funny, Mahomes catching Brady. Brady hasn't missed a beat. You know what I mean? And that was what people were banking on. And, you know, it could be another, another year where Brady puts another Super Bowl up. Who knows? You know what's funny with Mahomes, and we'll get into collectible. I wonder how much Edwards Hilaire is, how important he is to that team. Because most of these huge. right? Yeah. We never thought he was that important, but he was he he helped this offense tick. And it seems like this offense hasn't worked with him out of the lineup. So let's move to some of these uh auctions. So sure. I'll read I'll read through um and what so, we're talking about, guys, is the things there were two auctions that ended this weekend, both Golden Auctions and the PWCC Premier Auction. Golden's Auction was a historic one. It had three different cards and at seven figures, a LeBron, a Mickey Mantle, and a Tom Brady. So three different sports, football, baseball, and basketball, also for seven figures. And PWCC's auction also had some bangers in it, including also a Brady that sold for over a million dollars. Um, some great oh. stuff. Go ahead. Let's start with the LeBron exquisite, right? Shoot. So in an NFT world, having a serial number is super important, right? Yep. In the Top Shot world specifically. Here we have a LeBron exquisite RPA, jersey number 23. It sold for, what was it, 2.5X? It sold for $2.4 million. Yep. The one on collectible with a Friday closing price, it's not trading yet because it just IPO'd, is $1.3 million. And is the collectible one also a BGS 8.5? Uh, I, I believe so. Yeah, I, I believe so, so as well. Double check it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is as well. But it's not trading yet. Yep. What what multiple would you add to a jersey number? How important is that for that kind of stuff? It's an interesting thing, man. And listen, let's also throw a little bit of I don't want to call it ice water on this. I mean, you know, you definitely should not be looking at the golden sale at 2.4 and saying, "Wow, the LeBron's gonna fly." The one on collectible has got to trade for more than 1.3. Two reasons. Number one, exactly what you said. This thing was being marketed as the best one you can get because it was LeBron's jersey number. It was one, number 23 out of 99. So big card, 
Um, you know, you see things like Top Shot, to use a, a funny example, where serial numbers seem to come, you know, into play. You know, uh, serial number one and the jersey number were selling for 10 to 50 times the value on certain, on certain uh, stuff. But when you get into the seven figures, right, you know, we talked about this on our um, – you know, on our, on our, on our earlier episode, um, we were talking about it today on our whatnot show. Um, the, I would say a BGS, look, look collectibles, probably 1.3. You can basically get two of these for the price of the Jersey number. So you, you're kind of asking yourself, would you rather pay for the one Jersey number one, or would right. you want two of these cards? Um, and, and the second piece of little like ice water I throw on it, don't get too crazy. Don't get, you know, too far out ahead of your skis on this 1.3 collectible valuation versus a 2.4 for golden is we happen to know of a private sale of a BGS eight that occurred this week for $1 million flat private sale. Um, so if a BGS private sale of a regular serial number, non-Jersey number is a million, you know, the 1.3-ish range, although not trading yet, that the collectible BGS 8.5 is at is appropriate. Uh, maybe a little low, but appropriate. Um, so Why are these graded so low, Cage? Are there any nine and a half cell well, there? Well, they're thick cards. You know, they're, they're thick. thicker cards, you know, and it's, it's difficult. There are. There are some higher, high grades. Um, they're thicker cards, and, you know, the, the corners have problems, or the servers have problems on them. Um, you know, they're just you – know, the thicker cards, they get banged around a little bit. You know, it's tough to have them in, in good shape. Um, and it's got to be a thicker card because it's got that jersey peach right, right in the middle of it. You know, they have to embed in the card. Um, so it makes it a little bit difficult for these cards to grade really well. I think the thing that's going to start moving is the 2003 Exquisite Case. So there's one on collectible. It's one box. There's It's selling for 100844 on collectible. Three boxes on golden sold for 972000 <laughs> Right, so it's a three-box case. So just so everybody knows, the 0304 Exquisite, which is the, the set that that LeBron we just talked about comes out of, it came in a three-box case, right? There was which is an interesting thing, Cage, right? Because as more of those Exquisite LeBrons are in circulation, mm -hmm. do you – you know, it's – right now people are buying that to chase the LeBron, obviously, right? Yeah. But, I mean, who else is in there? Wade and Mello, but – you're saying somebody should track with a 99R and see how Correct. many of them are out there? Correct. Correct. It's really interesting because if there's only, you know, three left in the box, how much value does that box have? Versus wow. where, where it's like Fleer Jordan boxes, you don't really know because there's no number. That's true. That's very true. Although I, I don't know how easily you can track how many of the 99 have been pulled. Interesting. Um, this is definitely a low comp. I mean, this is one where collectibles, one box is 100000 Whereas nine hundred seventy-two thousand per three-box case puts those box prices about three hundred twenty-four thousand dollars, which is about a third. It puts the collectible price at about a third. But I will tell you, I'll, I, my bet is that the person who bought this sealed case is going to keep it sealed, and there's definitely a premium on a sealed case of this. There'll be plenty of sealed boxes. Well, not plenty, but there'll be sealed boxes, and there'll be sealed boxes that come up available. But sealed cases few and far between of a product like this and it's going to carry a premium whether that premium is 3.2 x is a different story also just to your your point while the lebron is clearly the you know the 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 chase 
there are so many other great Jordans and Kobe's and you know, there's, oh, okay. Wade and there's plenty of other great cards that are in those boxes and cases. Um, you know, that could be in those boxes and cases. Now, of course, the LeBron being a seven figure card is the one you're chasing. Um, but you know, it's uh, God. no, I mean. It, it, it's it's fascinating. I think I think we're gonna see what, what my takeaway actually is from all of these auctions that are ending is we're gonna see some some movement this week on collectible, right? On on these assets, like I expect that box on Monday. Uh, and remember, I think it opens nine a.m. or nine thirty cage for trading. Nine thirty. I think. Nine thirty. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I I expect this this box to go up in value on collectible. Oh, I'm I mean, sure. This is a, a hundred thousand eight hundred forty-four on collectible, where these sold at three hundred twenty-four thousand per box. If nothing else, this there's a potential for a buyout opportunity. Uh, same with the Fleer box. I mean, the golden price for the Fleer box was three hundred twelve thousand. Collectible box was two hundred thirty-eight thousand eight hundred seventy-five. So, what's that? The Jordan, 30, yeah, about twenty-five percent. The Jordan price moved back up. Um, the Jordan price was 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 mid to high threes uh, in the Golden Auction. It wasn't exactly a very well centered one either. It wasn't the best ten I've ever seen um, by a long shot. And that one started to move back up a little bit. You know, Premier Auction didn't really have one, and you know those they go through periods where they dry up, and there's not two available every weekend. You know, and all of a sudden the price starts to move back into the fours on that, which is what will carry a box price the same way it did. You know, the, previously the boxes were in the twos because the card was in the twos. Now the card's in the threes, the box is in the threes. But it's funny to think about it. Obviously, there are more Jordans and there are more Jordans in these boxes. There are more Charizards and there are more Charizards in these boxes. But think about the Exquisite. You know, there there are bigger cards in the Exquisite and it was valued at $100,000. Whereas, you know, a box of 86 Fleer had, you know, had a valuation of a quarter of a million the, you know those those first edition Pokemon boxes sell for two hundred fifty thousand dollars, three hundred thousand dollars as well. Um, and yet, what would you, you rather have? What would you rather rip, Cage? I think the exquisite's cool just because of the gamble, right? I mean, like the real, the real high side prize. But uh, obviously, you could get multiple Jordans. You can get multiple Charizards, even. You know, so that's that's why. I mean, it's. It's harder on those 86 Fleer and, um, and the Pokemon boxes to come away with nothing. You can open a box of Exquisite and get wrecked. So people who are buying these, I doubt they're opening them. I'll tell you, Cage, this is because quickly becoming my favorite card. Uh, it, it's a card that it has the – it has it, it like kind of checks all the boxes, so to speak. It's the Mantle 8, man. Well, when we first started doing this, remember, it was right right before we started doing our episodes, the same thing happened, mm-hmm. right? You know, Mantle had gone through like a little bit, just like Golden had a bunch of Jordans, they had a bunch of these Mantle 8s come up for auction, and one of them sold really close to a million bucks, might, might even one or two of them might even sold under a million dollars. I think it was right? 800000 we were yeah, talking about it on the show, mm-hmm. 800 change. And then this the, this price was you know then, then all of a sudden you saw one sell for closer to two million and then the price of this went up and the price has kind of you know been stagnant and now you see a, a direct comp in golden for two million dollars basically for this card and the 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 collectible closing price on Friday is is about half that less than sixty percent basically of the closing price so you like this card huh I, I do I, it's kind of like um, it's growing on you I would say this is cool it, it is it's it's a, it's a ticket to the club. Right, 
it's it's if you have this card of the eights becoming there because i mean we know that the rob go owns the nine um i, th I think how many there's like six nines three tens basically unattainable well done man off the top of your head reciting the pop reports and you are correct i'm trying to learn man dude it's just gonna be fun because i think we're gonna be doing this for a long time and as we go through cycles and all that stuff you know, and I always say this now to my dad. When I was 20 years old playing soccer, I didn't realize how important experience is, right? And now, as I do this more and more, it's not just about reading the data and reading the facts and reading the auctions. It's like it's it's learning in what's in between that, right? It's yeah, just reading so, in between the lines. So talk to me, right? So why do you think the mantle? Why do you think the mantle did this? Why do you think the mantle went the way that it went? What way did it go? Up. Now it's over two million, you know. Whereas collectible has it at one point two, basically, if I'm rounding up. I think people know that the nine and ten are unattainable. I think Rob Go owns an eight, which is really smart of him because he, I think he, he might have sold it. He did. I, I think he might have sold it during that time where it was down, and and Golden had a lot of them, and I think I think he wasn't wow. thrilled with the price. I think. I think it's um, interesting because if I was had a nine, I would also own an eight because the eight would give me an exit strategy. So if I ever needed to kind of profit, I could hold my nine and, and keep the eight, uh, or sell the nine, keep the eight, or sell the eight, keep the nine. That's that's interesting. I had no idea. I, I just maybe think it's, maybe he has more than one. You never know. <laughs> I think because the nine and the ten are unattainable, the grade. It sort of becomes like the, the the Fleer Jordan PSA 10, right? It's liquid enough, so you kind of know what that card is doing. It's a ticket to the VIP party. Uh, it, it's so sought after. It's so iconic. Uh, I I just I think this card has tremendous potential. I really do. You know what I'm going to say? And, you know, the folks listening to this will probably be like, what the hell is he talking about? But Andrew and I also do a show called Crypto Casuals where we talk about Bitcoin and Ethereum and, and that kind of stuff. Just started putting that one out there because everybody, you know, everybody is asking us all about that stuff. And um, and what's funny is people are like, I can't do Bitcoin. It fluctuates too much. How can it be a trusted asset? How can it be something right. that's a trusted asset when it fluctuates 10% and, and goes up, you know, 20% or 30% over the course of a couple of months or goes down so much? Well, Mickey Mantle, 52 tops rookie card in PSA 8, I mean, it's about as opposite as you can get from Bitcoin, right? But if you go back to the, the earlier months of this year, six months ago, this is a card that was trading for under a million dollars. And now you have it here where it's trading for $2 million. It's almost like $30,000 Bitcoin and $60,000 Bitcoin. It's just a funny little thing. You, know, you, wouldn't, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't come scream with your hair on fire. It's you, such a, it fluctuates so much that Mickey Mantle, you know, but people, it does. Have a, people have a weird relationship with, with volatility, mm -hmm. but actually the investors should want volatility. Right? Because well, if I, go ahead. Well, because if something doesn't move and has no volatility, it actually shows you that there's no demand, right? If something doesn't move at all, there's no demand. Nobody can move that price. Whereas sure. The mantle could lose 20, 30% of its value, but it could also go up a hundred percent. And that's what you're looking for in an asset. If you are able to look at fundamentals and it has a bit of volatility, I think what your goal should be, you know, what's my downside and what's my upside and create a ratio out of it. You know, if it could, I think it could go down 25%, but it has potential to go up 100%. I have a four to one risk reward. And, and you should want that versus, you know, it could go down 10%, it could go up 10%. Well, your risk reward is only one to one. So sure, it's less volatile, but you have more benefit and more upside with the first one. So let me talk about this for a second because 
you know, we have to talk about like market factors. We have to talk about, you know, I think people are chasing the best of the best of the best. And that mantle is clearly the best. I think the LeBron is the best. I think people view that Tom Brady contenders auto as the best. He's insane, Cage. 35 to three. Four touchdowns in the first half. I know. I said, the, game, I said the game was going to go over. I think it's going to go over. But I also said the Patriots weren't going to score a lot of points today. I was wrong about that. So I said the Bears that? are going to beat the Bucks. You did. So, but you ready for this one? Um, so I wanted to say, wow, vintage and quality vintage that don't have a lot above it, you know, is the way to go. Can you do me a favor? Can you pull up the collectible offering Willie Mays 52 tops PSA 8 for us? Sure. Right? Because this is one where, you know, we have to give comparisons here, right? And we're not just going to say, hey, the 52 mantle is, uh, you know, $2 million in golden and and it's only 1.178. 52 tops PSA 8. So about as close a comp as you can get. It's Willie Mays and Mickey Mantle, two of the best players to ever do it, right? And there's the 52 tops PSA 8. I think there's 59 or so of these with only 14 higher in, you know, uh, so very similar to that Mantle 8 because Mantle 8 only has 9 higher. So it's, it is, it is a, it's, it's a ticket. It's, it's a ticket to the dance, so to speak, right? So, so an interesting thing here. One of these sold in the PWCC marketplace last night, right? Now, if you look at what this IPO'd at, it was mid to low twos. I think two hundred thirty something thousand dollars what it IPO'd at, but it has moved up over four, almost half a million dollars. And you were talking about liquidity, right? What makes it tough? You don't know what things are worth. These cards don't come up that often for sale. Do you want to take a guess what the one sold for on PWCC last night? This was an auction, right? This was marketplace. You said. It was in it was in the auction. This was, was the in PWCC, the PWCC PWCC's auction, their their premier auction last night. It sold for one hundred and ninety two thousand dollars. Wow. Okay. So so be mindful. And why I do this is not because I think this this maze should crash back down to earth. Although you do need to know. Look at it, right? I mean, obviously, there's not a lot of um, crazy volatility on this card on on collectible, right? But here's here's the here's the the the, the story, right? This is a one-time sale, just like the Mantle's a one-time sale, right? And it's a card that previously during this year was in the eights, under a million. This particular one was a nice one that sold for $2 million, right? The next one might sell for 1.6 if it doesn't happen to have the two-person bidding war. You know, a card like this might have gotten lost in the PWCC auction because it had so many other quarter of a million, dollars $400,000 cards in it. Um, including that, you know, there's a whole bunch. So maybe this one just kind of got lost in the shuffle. But I want to make sure that we take time to not paint with such a broad uh, strokes here because it would have been easy for us to come on here and say, come on, guys, buy vintage. You know, you got to buy vintage. Anything from 52 tops and high grade is the way to go. And, you know, Willie Mays is also about as blue chip as it gets. But when you look at comparison-wise, you have to be smart with your money. You have to be smart where you're putting your money. And, um you know, maybe this 192 is just a bargain. Maybe it's just an outlier, you know, really cheap sale. And the next one that sells itself for 300. But if we're going to give comps on the high side, like that mantle for 2 million, as opposed to the $1,170,000 comp on, on collectible, we have to give both sides of it as well and show that, you know, this one here currently valued at $478,000 just had a sale way less than half that. So. I'll tell you one that's really surprised me was the Luca Blue Prism PSA 10. If we're just going a little bit modern mm -hmm. here, Cage. Yep. So the PWC sale was 78,000 yesterday. Yep. 
There's one listed on collectible for fifty nine three seven five. Yep, we talked about that one. I um, I mean, for the first half yesterday, I know it's two games in, but the Mavs were getting blown out by the Raptors. They found a way to win that game, but I'm curious what investors and what high ticket investors and in Luca are thinking right now, right? Because you're buying, you, you're not expecting an MVP season, or or do you think that they are? I think a lot of them are thinking he's a front runner for MVP this year. Wow. Yeah, because I mean, look. Luca and Mahomes are kind of similar, except Mahomes has already done stuff, right? Mahomes has already won the Super Bowl. Mahomes has already won an MVP. Luca hasn't done either of those things. I mean, Luca's very young, right? And um, you know, you give Luca a lot of time, and he's you know he's improved every year. But um, you know, this year or next year, people who are investing as much as they are in Luca are probably hoping to get an MVP. You know, a home playoff game, which I don't think is going to happen. Right, that, that's what I mean. Like, how can you expect him to have MVP, which you would more than likely mean he's at the home playoff game, right? When was the last time an MVP was from the seven, eight, nine, nine seed? It, it doesn't happen very often. I mean, Steph almost did it last year. You'd really have to have a crazy season. You'd right. really have to have one heck of a season, right? So, just analyzing that, I, I this is not something that I would be chasing, even though the PWCC price was seventy-eight k, the collectible price was fifty-nine. I think with someone like Luca, all it takes is one buyer who's really excited on him, that's emotionally invested in the player, doesn't ma- doesn't mind overpaying. I I think that this comp is going to be settled in the fifties in the next three to six months. I, I I think this is slightly slightly expensive. Let's keep rocking. So we have the rock. Let's keep rocking the rock card cage. That rock card was crazy. What it sold at? I, it was nowhere near that. It must have had some sort of bidding war. Um, you know, towards the end of that, it was it was so much lower than that. You know, before before it, uh, auction closed uh, last night, and then went up to forty six. I've, I've always believed that's a pretty manipulated card. I don't believe that that's a true comp. I really don't. When I say true comp, I don't believe that there's really that many investors into Rock's Bumblebee card from his playing days of the Miami Hurricanes. I mean, listen, it's fair. It's definitely fair. I will say that prior to that 46, the last sale was significantly lower, right? So, you know, take it for what it's worth. It being lower than that didn't cause the collectible one to kind of, you know, tank. There are not a lot of these. Likewise, I don't foresee the collectible closing price of Friday of 36,000, you know, going up like a straight shot to match this 46. It might move up because obviously, you know, this comp is 30% higher. Uh, based on that auction, than uh, than the closing price was. We talked about the Jordan Exquisite number patch last week. It already went up from where it was a lot because we talked about it, and it's still uh, the golden closing price on that was eighty five two for the same card, same grade, um, and the closing Friday price was only sixty two thousand for that one. So also about thirty, thirty thirty three percent. Screen share real quick because you talked about that card last week. Yep. In the last week, it's gone up twenty one percent, twenty two percent right here. Yep. We- so, and I expect it to continue this trend. Yeah, because, I mean, that was pretty much the same card. And and I noticed, guys, both across Golden and um, and PWCC, Jordan, Jordan prices moved. Jordan prices were all, were all pretty, pretty high across the board. Um, it looks like, it looks like if I were to paint with a broad stroke, and I'm sorry, Mr. Mays, you were left out of this in last night's auctions. It looks like people were taking money away from prospecting, maybe a little bit away from modern, 
and they're moving their money. It's that flight to quality we like to talk about. I mean, look at the the the, the Brady's, the LeBrons, the Mantles, the Jordans, the high end cards of the high end players. Some Kobe's sold for really high prices last night as well. Is it, like, is it when you know a Cinderella when midnight strikes and she turns back and and she turns back into a pumpkin? We 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 believe that Luca can be the next Jordan, for example. I'm not gonna, but like we believe Mahomes can be the next Brady. But so there comes a point where reality does sink in, and we realize how great Michael Jordan is, how great uh, Mickey Mantle is, how great Tom Brady is. Yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. And look, I mean, Steph Curry is great. Also, he's not thought oh, of as one of the top man. tens of all times. I know you love him, but let me also talk about fractional for a second, and I'll turn it over to you. We can go wherever you like. One of the cards we've talked about on the show, not last week, maybe the week before, we said it was perfect for fractional because it just like, doesn't come up that often. Um, is the Steph Curry National Treasures RPA 9.5, which on collectible has a, a about a $445,000, $450,000 current market cap. And why I say that's a perfect card for fractional, there's not that many people out there who can buy that card. And there's not that many of them out there for people to buy. But we do have to make sure you're aware of the fact that one did sell this weekend in PWCC's premier auction, and it closed at $360,000. Okay? Wow. Yeah. That's so. Steel. So, I mean, it's funny because you and I say it's a steal, and, and I, think, I think that's a low price, but it's not something you or I could buy. Not you know yet. What I mean? and that, well, and maybe the next time it comes up, if it comes up at that, that number, maybe we will buy it. But the point here is that when you talk about these cards with these kind of numbers, there are not that many people out there who are going to be plunking down that kind of – loot for a card and what you see is that the people who are putting that down they're putting it down for jordan lebron they're putting it down for mantle they're putting it down for brady and they're not really putting maybe kobe they're not really putting it down for many other people out there um let me not let me not crap on the the magic bird card you want to talk about rob go right he grabbed one of those during a down period for less than four hundred thousand a psa 10 i think the one last night sold for close to eight hundred thousand a couple months later so it's definitely Volatility in the market is definitely fluctuation in the market, but there's there's clearly a flight to quality for these high end cards, um, and you know I just wanted to make sure we 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 discuss that one there because while I don't think 440 versus 360 means wow we have to that 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 card's gonna drop like crazy. I think it makes sense, you know, for people in a fractional to, you know, that fractional value to be slightly higher than what one person's gonna pay anyway. Um, but it's definitely worth noting that, you know, that I don't know when the next one of those is going to sell. So the last comp on it now is going to be 360, and it's currently trading a collectible for 447. So, you know, it's something we want to make sure you're aware of because it's definitely not one I would expect to go up. And previously, it was one that I was like, all right, who knows when something like this is going to sell? You know, it could be a buyout because this might not be the only opportunity for somebody to come in and get one of these. So help me, help me understand that, right? Shoot. So if you look at the start of the season, mm-hmm. you definitely give give the nod towards Curry. Why so, why so much love for LeBron as he enters into the tail end of his career? They haven't looked great. He doesn't look great. Why such a disparity between LeBron and Curry? I mean, I think that LeBron has just done more. You know, I'm not a LeBron lover, so it'd be very difficult for me to do the, you know, to make that argument. I think that three, three, know, four times more than Curry. He's done three, four times more than Curry. It's a different card. 
You know what I mean? It's it's a different card. Although it's funny, it's you know, they're both out of ninety nine. The exquisite right. the exquisite card just carries, you know, a little more favor in the in the hobby and the market. And uh, yeah, I mean that's that's the best that's the best I can give, right? I mean, obviously, National Treasures is basically is you know I think it's it's it is the Panini version for 09 of what exquisite was there for 03. Um, but I don't know. I, to me, the difference becomes that LeBron is top two player of all time. And Curry is arguably top 10 player of all time, depending upon who you have in the conversation. Now that could change. Curry still has a couple years in him with, you know, you know, maybe more championships, maybe more MVPs, you name it. Um, but I got to tell you, I, you know, I'm not a LeBron lover, but clearly LeBron, I mean, LeBron may retire as the highest scorer. He's, not, ever, he's, you know? he's clearly a hobby favorite. As much as that PWCC auction suggested that Curry's cards went down and LeBron's went up, uh, there, there's two ways to invest, right? There's investing on the trends. You see LeBron's cards go up and you kind of hop on that trend and see where it takes you. You see Mahone's cards are going up. You drop on that trend and it, and it, let it see where it takes you. But I think this is the Curry trend could change, man. I, I, I do believe he's got gas left in the tank. And uh, he's one of those guys that you 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 look at him, you think he's such a nice guy. But he's a, he's a competitor, too. I'm sure he, he looks at LeBron, came in the league six years later than him. He's like, this guy's ending his career. I, I might have a few years to catch up. And I, I think Curry wants to be a top five, top three player of all time. I think he has those aspirations. You could see that that kind of stuff matters. Clay was not happy that he was 77. They did that whole video right out of the locker room. You saw that where they got him. So it's it's not just us who think about that stuff. The players care. They want to be. They want to be remembered. They want to have a legacy. And I wonder if that National Treasures becomes a million-dollar card in two years, three years' time. I mean, it's entirely possible depending on what he does. I mean, that's one of those – it's a rare situation where a card that's that expensive is still going to be dependent on the um, – you know the 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 performance of the player over the last little while. But, but, but think about what you just said. It depends on what he does, right? Mm-hmm. As if Curry still has an opportunity to write his legacy, but LeBron's legacy is written, and that's what I find fascinating because their legacies aren't actually that different. Curry has three championships. LeBron has four. Curry set a record for threes of all time. All that stuff. LeBron's trying to set a record, so the resumes aren't as different as people make them out to be. But yet oh. their prices and their hobby respect are in two different categories. And that's fascinating to me. Uh, I'm, I mean, listen, I'm with you um, 100%. I'm with you. The, um, we'll see, man. I mean, I think the, the deal on it is, is that what you're seeing with stuff here, and, and I think Curry is more towards LeBron than this, but – you know, Brady, it really doesn't matter what he does this year. He's Brady, he's done it, he's done it all, and his, his legacy is written. You could almost say the same thing. You could say the same thing about LeBron, right? LeBron retires now. If they don't make the playoffs, sure, there might be a little bit of a, of a knock on him after they built this whole huge team and the whole deal. But he's won enough championships. He's won, you know, enough. Um, he's scored enough. He's done enough where, where he's going to go down as top two, three player of all time, right? Two. Uh, can't say that for Curry. If Curry's not playing out, Curry still has stuff to do. And when you still have stuff to do, your card value 
a lot of times it waits for that, right? And if it gets too far out ahead of itself, then you have a Mahomes situation. And I'm not comparing Curry to Mahomes. What what happens if Curry ends his career with four championships tied with LeBron? One more championship. I mean, it it depends. It really does. It depends, right? Because, I mean, LeBron has just been the poster child for the NBA for so long. I mean, he did it. He was winning. He was playing. He was doing it at a high level. Um, He he, he Kevin Duranted us. Oh, he I got two of his championships. We're not going to go down the rabbit hole of of LeBron hating. Curry could get. I'm not there. hating on he LeBron. Could, I'm talking get, about values. He could get close. No, but it's not the same card. It doesn't have the same, um, you know, it doesn't have the same clout right now in the hobby. And listen, maybe in ten years, when the highest earners in the world are people who grew up on Panini instead of Upper Deck Exquisite. And okay. maybe if Curry has another two or three great seasons, maybe the valuations are much closer. Maybe people who grew up with, you know, Curry. Curry has changed the game. I mean, LeBron is LeBron, but Curry has changed the game. And there are a lot of people, even younger people, um, you know, who are growing up watching now who model their game after Curry. You know, I see my son play basketball out in the street, and he's like, okay, three, two, one, Curry. And he's chucking it up from across the street. He doesn't say LeBron. Maybe that's partly because I'm a Jordan guy, but you understand what I'm saying. You can't dunk like LeBron. It's a great segue. Can I ask you a leading question and you jump into it, right? Because I think it it is important, especially given what we've talked about today with blue chips, with flight to quality, with young players, with a lot of money in it, and what the impact is there on like Mahomes and what's going to go down. Luca, how about what's going on with Zion? And what Zion's cards? Can you chat about that for a couple of seconds? Because you have on our on our daily podcast, you have you know famously not been a Zion lover, and even this year, especially with the injury and his weight and the whole deal, have have spoken about this a little bit. So shoot, well, let me caveat this: the first card I invested in, the one I shared with my dad, I said this card is going to make me rich. It was Zion. It was Zion in January 2020 before COVID. He was still injured. It was before the game where he came back and shot four three-pointers against the Spurs to win in the fourth quarter. Incredible, right? You remember the news cycled? Yep. So so I, I didn't have a lot of money then, but I would say I put 80% of my bankroll into Zion cards. So I was a believer in him because I watched him at Duke. At the same time, I think he has his risk-to-reward ratio is, is incredibly um, – offset like i think the risk the downside is his cards could go to zero he could never play again it's that bad with him and you guys might think i'm crazy but you look at a guy who's 300 330 pounds he's not built for basketball or sports right you just went through a meniscus injury a year and a half ago now he's dealing with a broken foot tj warren just to give you an example, who's a skinny guy is dealing with a broken foot and he hasn't recovered for eight months. So broken foot is, is not just this injury that you think like, oh, you know, he gets surgery recovered. People recover from it differently. So with Zion, what scares people is that risk reward. He may never play again. He might not play for 12 to 18 months and you have to sit on a card and hold it. And what's the potential upside if he does? Pelicans come back. Is he going to put them over the top and make them a championship contender? More than likely not. Are they? Is he going to take him to the playoffs? Is he going to be an MVP candidate? More than likely not. So his upside is so limited, and I think his downside is so enormous. And I think people are starting to price that in because it's not just who's a better player, right? 
-hmm. It's who has more upside relative to their downside. You look at John Morant. Sure, he doesn't have the ceiling of Zion, but he probably also doesn't have the downside of Zion. And and that's how I see it, Cage. I always talk risk-reward. Do I not? Always. So we always – I think we, we we take into like, oh, Zion could be the next LeBron. Okay. L- let's put that into as your potential upside, best-case scenario. But he could also be the next Greg Oden. He could yeah. – right? I mean, is, is that unfair to say? Is that hurtful to his feelings? It's just the reality. And I think what you're going to see is a price discovery into – uh, just a more equilibrium. Where should his price be? Should it have skyrocketed? And, and just to give you guys some context, the Zion uh, National Treasures RPA, it's continuing to slide. It was is down 18% this week. It was down 6% the week before, down 4% the week before. So I think what we're going to see, price discovery works both ways, right? Well, here's what I say about that card. Keep you're listening. Not, you're Keep not listening. Are you defying it? No. Keep listening to us. And do your research, whether it's with us or with anybody else. I mean, Collectibles got a lot of a lot of folks out there who um, who give you information. And and even if it's not just at these shows, do your own research on these things, especially if you're invested in in these cards, especially if you have fractional share out there. Re- research this stuff because I'm going to tell you the numbers are are they're astounding to me, right? Because anyone who followed any of the news about Zion, if you are a, an investor in fractional shares of his national treasure RPA on this market. Okay. Anybody who has that should have watched the news in the lead up to the season and saw that he was not going to start the year, that he was not going to be playing because of this injury. And that who knew when he was going to come back in the lead up, even not just this past week, the week before you knew if you just tuned in, you knew that he was not going to be playing and not going to be playing for a little while. Right. But it's clear to me that what happened here was people did not pay attention. They were not researching. They were not watching their money. And the season started, and they said, oh, well, the NBA started. Let me go look and see what Zion's doing. Wait, Zion's hurt? Boom, I'm going to sell. And this week, this can't be a coincidence. This week, the week where the NBA started and Zion's not there, the Zion card was down 18%. Now, the week before, it was down 6 some people caught on, but obviously not everybody did. The week before that, it was down 1%. The week before that, it was flat. The week before that, down 4%. So we've been talking about this card for a while and talking about his injury, and, and Andrew's been saying risk-reward, get out of the card. So so, I said, actually, last week, this might be your last week to get out of the card. And I, look I, what happened. And so, I, I anticipated probably will continue to go down. So that is one Another one that I want to chat about because it's a card that I brought up in August. It's a card that I brought up for a while. It's an interesting thing to see because for the first time in quite some time, the um, the comp on the card versus the collectible valuation are very similar, if not the comp slightly a little higher. And I'm talking about the Kevin Durant refractor, the Chrome refractor, um, which it was 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 down slightly this past week, down to I think a market cap of twenty five thousand um, dollars. This had been significantly higher. It ended this week at twenty six four last night in the auction. So this is one that the prices in collectible had been in the thirties, right? And the um, the prices on auction had been like 18. I think when, when I think when I was on vacation, I talked about this one and there were comps in August, you know, under 20, 17, 18. And the collectible valuation was in the 30s. 
well, they've kind of done this now. They've kind of, you know, they've kind of intersected. And you see the actual sale last night for higher than what this, it fell a lot this week. It fell 20-something percent this week from share price to 25 to like 20. Um, and maybe that's because they played the Bucks and lost. I, I, don't, I don't know exactly, you know, whether one game is really what does it. Maybe it's the Kyrie stuff. But if you are a Durant believer, um, this card is now one where, you know, you can start looking because it used to be, hey, stay away because you can see the liquidity of it. You can see the comps are out there and the comps are lower than what the share price is. That's no longer the case. Now the share price is actually slightly lower than what the most recent comp is. So, you know. Do you know what the LeBron Top Scrum Refractor sold for? I think there were a couple of them for sale. There was a BGS 10 and there was a, there were two PSA 10s with yep. different labels. Yep. What, what um, did they go for? I, I I can look. They I the last I looked the the you know the, they were anywhere from from mid sixties. I mean I don't know what they closed at for the old label to you know like approximately a hundred thousand for the BGS ten. Um, I know Gary V tweeted last night that he actually picked up one of them. I don't know which one he picked up, but they were a bunch for sale last night. Why? Well, because. 62 uh there's one there's one right now in golden for 62 it's hard to find the prices for this but this is one where it's apples to apples you could compare the lebron tops chrome with the durant tops chrome and, and try to track the history of the ratio right i think there's a lot more lebron's lebron refractors i think i think that 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 durant one is pretty low pop i think i think you can take you can take a look uh, they're pretty condition sensitive that durant one but, but I do believe that, like, if you tr- like, you, you could track both of them, you know, historically over the last three years. How has the LeBron moved? How has the Durant moved? Because it's both Topps Chrome, it's both a refractor, it's a PSA 10, and it's comparable players. Actually, players that play very similar positions. So, and, and they change teams and need other people to help them win championships. So, it's, it's as much of an apples to apples comparison as it gets. So, I would use the LeBron as the bellwether to see, you know, is the Durant a good buy or not? Because you have something to compare against. You have a benchmark. Yep. No, right? it's a good one. Listen, yeah. you're right. We talk about this all the time, right? When you know, when comps are not readily available, what do you do? You know, and it's like real estate. You know, not every house is exactly the same as another house in the neighborhood, but you, know, you look at those houses, right? Look at look at comparable ones with the same amount of bedrooms or or look at ones in the, the, the neighboring town. So sure, I mean, watch how the LeBron one's doing, watch how the Durant one's doing. I, I mean, where it's their bridges is, you know, if, if the Nets run away and, and, and win 40 of the next 45 games and the Lakers start losing and Russell Westbrook keeps turning the ball over and LeBron looks like, you know, he's yelling more than scoring, you know. <laughs> Dude, the Nets lost today. The, the Nets lost to uh, LaMelo and actually Miles Bridges. And, Bridges looks and good. Court. I think it's going to be an interesting year, guys. I don't think this year is like the LeBron Durant show that everyone keeps making it out to be. I don't think that's what this year is going to be about. There's a lot of interesting young talent. There's a lot of teams that are sick of hearing those two names. And I I fully expect somebody to come from, you know, field to really have a successful season. It's incredible to me that we've gone an entire episode and we're not talking about what I think is the best investment out there in modern. And it's Giannis. I just, it still blows my mind how disrespected he is in uh, the elite of the elite, the upper echelon of the hobby. And, and I think, you know, what's amazing about that is there's just opportunity there. There's just opportunity there because this, I've said this, for, I've, I've basically beat this over people's heads. Like this could be the start of his Jordan esque 
run where he rips off, you know, five championships in 10 years, three championships in five years. I fully believe it, man. He's hitting his stride. He's improving. And here we are. We're talking about record sales, modern guys, Durant, LeBron. We're not even talking about Giannis cards. And Can I tell you what it says to me? No one cares about international players. People don't buy his championship yet. Yeah, even though even though he won one, people don't buy that it was a legit championship. He's still going to have that whole dialogue on him, of you know, it, everything broke right for him. You know, he he didn't really have to play anybody. You know, and the ones that he did have to play, they were half the team. Um, people don't buy it yet, so he's he still has an uphill battle to to you know that that cardboard relevance that we like to talk about. And unfortunately, he, he may he may have to win another one. You guys picked Mahomes, right? He he won one championship, and you. You crown him the next goat. So it's funny how people pick and choose, right? It's true, but you know, I have a feeling people are gonna be jumping off the Mahomes ship pretty soon. That's pretty terrible. That's pretty terrible. Tell them. I mean, I, I, look, you can write the ship, right? What are we three and four? Right? They could win nine in a row here and go twelve and four, and then you know, and and make everybody kind of like shut up. You never know. Problem. It's prior to this, it was. It was the 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 defense was pretty terrible, and you can make an argument that it wasn't Mahomes. There were a lot of like you know deflections, you know passes that bounced off the receivers, and well, he had another one of those today. He also fumbled the ball twice, um, and one of them was he was just running. How much of it is a distraction from family? Like that's been a little bit of a narrative that's been going on. Like his wife, girlfriend, like she's always on Twitter, like kind of yelling at people. His brother is you know always. Put, I will tell you, I feel bad for him for that because I happen to have a partner who is just all about yelling at people on social media. He just likes getting into fights on social media. And, you know, I mean, every once in a while, it definitely takes its toll. It takes its toll. You know? No, I don't. I mean, come on. These are professional athletes paid to do their job at the highest level. Um, they're, still, they're still human, right? They are still, I mean, they're very young. But so, is a kid who just had a baby, who just recently got married who hasn't been in the spotlight forever. So you, he's learning all of this. This is a lot of stuff. If you look at his life, that's changed in the last few years. Because he came out of Texas Tech. No one really, you know, it's not like LeBron burst onto the scene and everybody, you know, that, that is one of the things I don't give LeBron a lot of credit for is the guy was crowned king at 18 and he hasn't slipped up once. It's true. Mahomes didn't come out of nowhere. I mean, I remember when he and Baker Mayfield play was, was Oklahoma, Texas Tech. It was a huge, huge thing. Um you know, obviously he has succeeded uh, so far, and you know he, you know he wasn't the number one draft pick, but it's not like he was, you know, uh, no one had ever heard of him. Um, you know, everybody knew who Mahomes was coming in, but yeah, I mean, I, listen, people, we're we're human, right? We err, um, and I'm sure that 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 some of that has played some sort of a role. Um, the team just doesn't look right. Not on defense, not on offense. You know, the body language is bad. I mean, I saw Travis Kelsey today. And, and, and listen, the game was in Tennessee today, and it was hot. And it was humid there. And you could see people getting IV on the sideline and stuff like that. So, I mean, is it a, is it a conditioning? I have no idea. I, if I did know, I'd be making a lot more money, you know, helping NFL teams at some point in time fix their issues. But, you know, three and four is not – you know, 0-7, it's still 3-4 and in a division that is eminently winnable. You know I'm a Raider fan, and, it, you know, I'll tell you right now, while the Raiders are probably going to win today and, you know, move their record to, what, like 5-2 and two or whatever they're going to be, I, I still would not bet 
any significant amount of money that the Raiders finish ahead of the Chiefs in the division this year. Um, I've been burned by the Raiders too often. Um, so, you know, the Chiefs could still be a playoff team, and all you have to do is get in. The Atlanta Braves are teaching people that. This is a pretty cool tweet. Final tweet, and I'll let this go. So, after catching Tom Brady's 600 career touchdown ball, Mike Evans accidentally gave the ball to a fan. Given how historic this ball is, as the first 600 TD ball in NFL history, I'd estimate this ball to be worth a minimum of 500000 and possibly much more. Smart tweet by Ken because they're gonna probably going to come to him to auction it off. Wrong. Wrong. They already went right to the guy afterwards. It was a, a first-row fan. Yep. And the kid, I don't know what they promised him, but they give it back. Somebody said somewhere that they promised him an autographed jersey, which probably only worked like three, four thousand dollars. I'm sure he's going to get more than that. But he, he, you know, look, the team came to him and said, "Look, we want the ball back." I, it's a fun thing to talk about. Maybe we'll do another episode on this. What would you do if you were in that position, knowing what that, what that's worth? Um, you know, what what the value of that ball would be. But they got it back. They got it back, you know, moments later. Um, you know, the, the team came over to him, and, and you could see him hand it back off. And they showed Mike Evans on the sidelines. Like, I don't even know what I was thinking, you know? It's funny how arbitrary stuff like that is. Like, 599th ball, not a big deal. 601st touchdown ball, probably not a big deal. But 600th is is the arbitrary number ball that we choose. So can I tell you just how far the league has come and how different it is? And people should pay attention to this because things change. Taste change. The game changes. And when I was a kid, running backs were everything. And it was a running game, right? And, and running backs who had 1,000-yard seasons or potentially running for 2,000 yards was the key. Derrick Henry is a throwback to my style of football. I remember in the early 90s that it was a big deal when a quarterback got to the 300-touchdown mark for their career, that they had record-breaker cards, Right, I remember Tops had subsets for thousand-yard receivers and three thousand-yard passers. If you pass for three thousand yards in a season, it was a lot. And if you are, if you had three hundred touchdowns, you were Dan Marino. You know what I mean? You were you were the stud because nobody was throwing the ball around the way they throw it around now. So it's 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 interesting, right? And it it is. It's what makes it fun to talk about modern versus blue chip. It's what makes it fun when the NBA has their top 75 that comes out and someone like Clay says, how did I not make it? Because what makes it fun is that dialogue, that conversation where you get to talk about players across different eras and how the game is different, um, you know, and how it's very hard to compare across generations like that. So, yeah, man, 600 touchdown passes. Insane. It really is insane. Love you, Luca Nation. Real quick, just let you guys know, so Tuesday, Mickey Mantle, 1953 PSA 8 basket times two. That's the IPO. A-Rod 2009 World Series Game 6 full uniform. I think it's signed as well. Uh, that's on Thursday. And then Saturday, we have Shoeless Joe Jackson, which is kind of cool. 1915 uh, M101 Sporting News PSA, PSA 8. It will be in the app shortly. So. Some really cool stuff IPOing this week. A uh, bit of memorabilia here and a few cards. So pretty cool stuff. This episode of Lucas Tigers and Bronze was brought to you by Hybrid Grading Approach. Take it from someone who has personally submitted thousands of cards for grading. HGA slabs just hit different. They're top of the line and color coordinated to match the card itself. The aesthetics are unrivaled in the industry. When paired with the ease of submission and the transparency of the pricing model, HGA stands alone as the best choice for grading your cards. I believe that once you try them out, you will agree.
Thanks for listening, Luca Nation. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now nah, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.